Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service. 501 562 2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. I'll hey, ask you, what's, what's, what's new today? What's new today? <laughs> well, J5's leaving. Yeah, right. That's good. That's, that's one thing. I would say that's the, yeah, that's the biggest stuff. And we talked a little bit yesterday about, you know, Arkansas's activity in the transfer portal, and it seems like they have reached out to everybody, which we, you know, thought that that would be obvious in terms of trying to get a big man. But uh, when you're reaching out to guards and stuff like that, it kind of makes you think that, People probably will be leaving. I mean, we were just talking about that yesterday, and then lo and behold, today Jalen Harris announced that he is entering the transfer portal and will play his last year somewhere else as a graduate. So, uh, and good for him. I mean, um, you know, Jalen contributed last year, and uh, but there was a there's there's a lot of really good players coming in next year, and it might have cut into his playing time a little bit. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but there's they've absolutely been highly active in in the transfer market in terms of reaching out players. We got a long list on Hogsports.com combined by Alma Razorback, one of our one of our good posters on there. I mean, he's just been keeping up with everything that's been coming across in terms of who has been contacted by Arkansas. So we've got a pretty long list going there. Um, some other content we have, you know, just Danny West has a breakdown on the last four recruits that have been offered by Arkansas and. You know why those offers were made. Uh, Gabe Brooks, who's our regional recruiting analyst, has a breakdown on Terry Wells out of Win, the offensive lineman slash defensive lineman. I guess he could play defense too, but uh, I think he'll be end up being on the offensive side. Uh, who's uh, you know Arkansas's long commit in the 2021 class. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, ESPN released their way too early ranking for 2021 i know you like that rick but mm-hmm. it does have arkansas ranked number 20th in the country so it shows that, that oh, wow. people are paying attention out there and arkansas has a chance i mean let's wait and see what i mean it's way too early because we don't even know what mason jones or isaiah joe is going to do yet uh, but if those guys were to come back with what they have coming in next year not only from high school but the guys that sat out last year and the possible addition of another grad transfer arkansas could be pretty dangerous next year so um I think that's most of the main stuff. There's, we've got a few, you know, more specific articles on some of the the transfers out there. We've got a a look at Arkansas's linebacker core. Well, tomorrow we'll have a, a closer breakdown on Arkansas's secondary. Uh, but we've had quite a bit of content today. Like I said yesterday, we've been pacing content-wise above where we were this time last year, and it's just mainly because we know people are out there looking for information on sports, and we want to try to provide as much as we can. Back to that too early top 25 uh, by ESPN. Looks like it's going to be another good year uh, for the SEC. Number five is Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number 14, I believe is the next one up. Uh, That would be the Tennessee Volunteers. I should have wrote this out. 18 would be LSU, that is, if they have a program next year. Uh, 20, uh, you mentioned the Arkansas Razorbacks, and let's see, is that the last I think one that's it. the SEC? Yeah. Yep. So, doesn't look bad for the for the SEC. 
And they had, uh, they did mention Florida also as a next in line. They enlisted five next in line types. I guess that would be the other receiving boat type of category, but Florida was in there too. So yeah, it looks like another strong year for LSU or for for the SEC. And as you mentioned with LSU, uh, man, <laughs> it, it amazes me that Will Wade still has a job right now. Yes. And I mean, it 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 just baffles me. I guess that. You know, you're on tape saying the stuff that he said and still has a job. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised by anything right now with the NCAA. And I, I think it's probably just a matter of time. Yeah. I don't understand why the conference office, I'm sure they've read the same thing or heard mm -hmm. maybe the same thing, why they're not putting pressure on LSU to uh, either publicly come out and – uh, give some kind of stance. Uh, we're still going to stand behind our man, regardless of what we heard on tape. Mm -hmm. we got to wait. I don't know if, if the SEC is waiting for the NCAA to run its process. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. But, guys, could, do you think, again, and these FBI investigations go on for a long time, I, I wonder, and I'm sure there's a bunch, been a significant communication, with the FBI and the NCAA, I wonder if there are simultaneous investigations going on. They may have asked, asked the NCAA to, to, to be slow in their you know, punishment or their action. Maybe. I mean, I guess if you can't just say, hey, you're out, I guess there's got to be some kind of due process and, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But, I mean, it's <laughs> – I mean, you guys on tape talking about paying for players. Bad. Yeah. I mean – I don't know. I don't know I don't how know. much more evidence they need than what they heard on tape. I know. I mean, it's just like, oh, we were just joking around, taking out of context. I mean, come right. on. <laughs> yeah, we can pay more than the, the D yeah. league. Or and then he got it, got him talking with Sean Miller on the, you know, on the other line, and he's like, uh, Sean Miller's like, wow, Will Wade just doesn't care. Yeah, he's he's changing the game on how much they're paying these guys. My, my guess is the <laughs> FBI probably knows and is working on if they don't have evidence that they're probably more than just these co two coaches involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They may be compiling uh, information. That's just my guess. I don't know. So it's really not about just getting any one particular coach. It's probably about yeah. exposing this entire thing. The whole system. thing, yeah. yeah. Could be. My guess. All right, let's talk with uh, Tom. Tom, good afternoon. you got a question or comment for Trey. I do appreciate Thank you uh, taking my call. Um, Thank you. you know, two things I think about spring football. I know it's not going on right now, but two things I'm really interested in is the offensive line and the defensive line. Well, actually, the front six. They mm -hmm. go to that three three five, And I know, in my mind, Nothing's going to be settled on the offensive line until them three big freshmen get here in the in the fall. And uh, we know that Pittman, uh, offensive line coach, are not against playing freshmen. And so that you're going to have to wait for them to get here. But I, I, I thinking about that three three five. Mm -hmm. I know that. And do we know for so, sure they're so going to be we, running a three-three-five? I mean, well, I don't know. That's what we've I, heard, I, right? So we've heard all kinds. Of, we've heard that he's told recruits that they're going to be running a three-three-five. We know at Memphis, his three years as defensive coordinator at Memphis, he ran a three-four. At Missouri, his one year as defensive coordinator there, they were running a four-three, and he just kind of, you know, well, kept it as a four. I'm, he kept it is, as a four-three, and then 
after he became head coach, they ran a 4-3, and they'd bring a 4-2-5 in on third down. And then last year, they pretty much ran a 4-2-5 exclusively. So well, I'm is, not sure exactly what they're going to run. Yeah. I mean, this, they could be all over what, the place. This is what I'm wondering about. You know, we, we know that Soley and Williams actually went down in weight instead of going up. And last year they were in amongst that four, their defensive ends in a 4-3. But did mm. they losing weight, since they've got good length, they've got good quickness, good speed, could they be the ones uh, like outside linebackers in a 3-3? And they could have some big guys across the front like you'd normally think because mm. uh, uh, LeBlanc and, and uh, Kelly, they, 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 well, not not uh, Pittman. They like big guys on the on the offensive and defensive line, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if uh, Bumper Pool will obviously be one of them if he's healthy. But I wonder if they're not thinking about these guys solely and Williams could actually play outside linebackers in three three. And I'll, right. I'll hang up listen. Thank you. Right. So if they run an odd front then one of those outside linebacker types, one of those outside linebackers is going to be like a hybrid linebacker end, um, probably like a Mateo Soli or Zach Williams. Those guys would be outside linebackers in this type of defense. You know, you'd have a nose tackle or nose guard. You'd have two bigger ends, you know, like a Eric Gregory would fit into a bigger end type. Um, let's see who else. I mean, maybe uh, – Maybe Isaiah Nichols would fit into a bigger end, uh, one of those types, and you know maybe uh, Jonathan Marshall inside as the, as the nose. So, but there's all kinds of different combinations. But you're going to have basically two more traditional type of linebackers, and then you'd have a linebacker who is basically an end. I mean, it's almost. I mean, a lot of coaches will tell you nowadays it doesn't even matter what you say if it's a odd front mm-hmm. or an even front or what because they're doing yeah. so many different things. But and then your other your fifth defensive back would basically be, you know, a hybrid of a linebacker safety. So you'd have a hybrid linebacker safety and a hybrid defensive end linebacker, basically. But again, it almost doesn't matter what you call it these mm-hmm. days. But Trey, I, I I don't know if you talked to Sam Pittman about the linebacking core, but uh, the problem was they were so limited in numbers and then in talent they were pretty word limited to what they could do defensively a year ago is that going to be different this year yeah well i mean if you talk about going to you know having a, whether you want to call it a three three five or a three four you know just depend on what you want to call those hybrid positions are they defensive backs or are they linebackers uh you know you're going to be talking about moving guys like Matteo Soli would be considered a linebacker. Jashad Stewart would be considered, you know, an outside linebacker. Uh, Zach Williams also. So you would be adding, you know, to that group with those types of players versus having – I don't even know that you would even see them running with a traditional, you know, three traditional linebackers. I don't think that they would they would do that no matter what the defense is. I think you're just talking about two linebackers on the field at the same time for the most part. That's what I. That's what I would is guess. Is that by num- mandated by numbers, or is that mandated uh, by talent? You mean in terms of them going to that type of look? I think it's. it's better be mandated yeah, by linebackers. I think it's probably <laughs> a, a combination, but probably numbers would play a, a big role. I mean, 
if you if you just you know pretty much go with those two interior linebackers, then you've got Bumper Pool, Grant Morgan, Levi Draper, uh, Hayden Henry, Andrew Parker, Zach Zymos. Is that it for that you would consider you know inside linebacker types out of the scholarship pool? Correct. And maybe Zymos would be Zymos might be a guy that lines up outside. You know, he's a taller, longer type of guy. You know, so he might be an outside an outside guy in that equation. But yeah, I mean, I I think it probably it boils down to a little bit of both numbers and and talent. But it also could just boil down to that's how Barry Odom prefers to do defense. I mean. When he's just said, okay, this, you know, we're going to put our defense in when he was at Memphis, they ran an odd front. They had a 3-4. And when he was at Missouri, they, you know, just kind of kept things going the way they were. With the now, did I understand this correctly? Uh, I realize Commissioner Sankey suspended all spring activities, but, and then the kids were basically told, all right, you got to go home. Mm-hmm. Why were not uh, – did I understand this correctly? They they could not apparently take the uh, playbooks home with them? I'm not sure that they can't take a playbook home with them, Randy. I don't think that's the case. Now, as far as, like, going over the playbook with the coaches and stuff, I don't know that they're able to do that. Yeah, that's – I mean, I don't I don't think they're able to go over, yeah, the playbook with the, with the coaches, but I, I just mm-hmm. thought I understood they're kind of sending them – Bits and pieces of the playbook is the way I understood it. Pittman said and, uh, Pittman used the word handouts. Handouts, yeah, yeah, that's the term. Although you know they say that that Kendall Browse doesn't really have a playbook. He doesn't, you know, that's not. I don't know what that means exactly, but that's kind of yeah, the way people have, the have said it. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I could come up with some pretty, you know, some certain concepts and then build off. I don't I don't know exactly, what, but somebody had said that he doesn't necessarily have a playbook. So I don't know what that, what that even means. But, uh, yeah, Pittman did kind of mention, like, you know, they're, they're limited to handouts and stuff like that. Now, the guys that aren't on campus, the recruits, which this is what's kind of funny about how things are set up as far as recruits go. So when you're recruiting a player, you can – you know, open up your playbook, go over stuff. You can take them in for a team meeting, you know, have them, have them sit there and watch a team meeting, meet with their coaches individually and all that kind of stuff. But once that kid signs with you, you can't do any of that stuff with them. So when they're being recruited before they sign, you can, you know, go over all that stuff, film study, meeting, team meeting room, all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> after they sign, that stuff ends. You can't do any of that stuff with them until they enroll. Now that is crazy. Pretty crazy. Doesn't make any sense, does it? No, no. I mean, what? All right. Now, what happens if they enroll in um, in May or first of June, whenever the uh, summer mm-hmm. school session is supposed to begin? Can they get it then, or do they have to still wait until August before? No, no. Once they once they start. enroll, yeah. Once they enroll, they can get they can start getting stuff, and then. You know, in the summers, they're able to do more stuff with the players than, than they were in the past. Well, yeah, that's why I was asking you the other day. It sounded like even though they didn't have a football, they were still able to get some concepts in simply because they, they could walk through it or, mm-hmm. or otherwise. Like if you're a kid from – say you're a quarterback from Fayetteville High School and the coaches feel great about you coming to Arkansas, you know you don't, you're not going anywhere else. 
I mean, it would almost be a benefit of you just to not sign. You know, that way whenever you go on campus, you could sit in on a meeting and stuff and you wouldn't be breaking any rules. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're not going to sign anybody at all and mm-hmm. um, just show up at uh, the first of June or end of May and we'll get you rolled in summer school. And by the time you've got a really good look at the playbook, of course. I'm now, surprised. I'm surprised Brett Bielman never came up with something like that. You know, he's always finding little little ways around the rules he always talked about him being on the rules committee and stuff there was a thing several years ago when they were playing penn state it was back when they decided to start the clock when the kick when the ball was kicked when they were doing all those things to save time you guys remember that that would have been mm-hmm. yes yeah that would um that would have been around darren mcfadden time when they first started implementing all that stuff but so Bielema, in order to get to halftime, just started onside kicking or kicking the ball out of bounds over and over again, just to take seconds here and there off the clock. <laughs> he always found a way around stuff. So I'm Good. surprised he never thought of something like that. Oh yeah, they said Joe Paterno was livid. Uh, I didn't think it took having to purposely kick it out of bounds a couple of years ago for the uh, ball to go out of bounds by an Arkansas kicker. There was yeah. a time. Simic had a difficult time just putting one in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't have to practice kicking it out of bounds, did he? <laughs> no. It worked really well. <laughs> Speaking of Darren McFadden, I know this is not one of your favorite sites, Trey, but I, I, my favorite Saturday Down South? Sports. Yeah, Saturday Down South. Yeah. But uh, this guy, Connor O'Gara, did a really good job. Uh, the headline, Debates Down South. Should Darren McFadden have won a Heisman Trophy? And I got to tell you, he did his homework. I mean, it is it is a very well written article, and he felt felt like in '06 is the one he should have won. '07, uh, he said that belonged to Tim Tebow because '06. On top of it all, '06 McFadden kind of got messed over just because. From a stats standpoint, that's when they started implementing all these the weird clock rules. You remember, and then they pulled back on a bunch of them, and it and it kind of cut into the amount of plays that you had every game, and ultimately cut into the amount of yardage that he was able to produce. But what's interesting about that year in '06 is that was the last year a player went wire to wire for the Heisman. Started off as the Heisman fo- favorite and Troy Smith, and ended up winning the Heisman. Okay. That's the last year it happened. After that, it just seemed like it was the hot name at the end, over and over and over again. And Tim Tebow, the thing that, that kind of stunk to me about it the next year, and you can say Tim Tebow should have won it or whatever, and I guess they're, they're saying he should have won it in 06 but not 07. But the thing with Tim, Tim Tebow, yeah, he, he, he rushed for 20 touchdowns, threw 20 touchdown passes, first player ever to do that. But And he was the first – he was the youngest – classification first sophomore to ever win the award right yes so what stunk about that is before then if you were a quarterback you had to lead your team to a championship level and tebow led his team florida that year to a third place finish in the eastern division nothing spectacular from a wins losses standpoint the only thing that was spectacular was everybody was enamored with tim tebow and they made this huge deal about it that he was the first sophomore to win the award. Nobody ever mentioned 
that Darren McFadden was actually, even though he was a junior, Darren McFadden was two weeks younger than Tim Tebow. You know, McFadden was like, had a really late birthday, you know. Um, and Tebow was one of those guys that was held back in high school, I guess. I don't know. But he was he was older, you know. And, um, you know, so. Yeah, he was yeah. homeschooled, so I don't know if that had anything to do with his age. But yeah, well, he was, he, was, he was older, and McFadden was like 17 when he enrolled. Yeah. Uh, so nobody ever, made, nobody ever brought that up, that McFadden was actually younger. So McFadden went into that next year as the Heisman Trophy favorite, but the year before was literally the last time that a player went wire to wire. And it was at that time when Troy Smith won it, it was viewed as – you know, almost like a lifetime achievement award, you know, for your everything that you did in college. And McFadden was viewed as a sophomore too young to win it, right? So, yeah, I do think that McFadden um, should have won a Heisman Trophy and, and very well could make the argument that he should have won two at Arkansas. Well, going back to that, that biasness, for however you want to call it, against at that time a sophomore winning the Heisman Trophy. I mean, even Herschel Walker. They passed over Herschel yep. Walker as a sophomore. Yep, and they won the national championship that year. Yeah. <laughs> W-R-O-N-G, wrong. Yeah. All right, Troy, we'll talk to you tomorrow. That's TroyVideoFogSports.com okay. being brought to you by Asher Record Service. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment.